0: Mother! Mother! Man!
1: Spreading faster than a case of the clap in a trailer cord, Able to shatter eardrums within a 666 mile radius. A podcast more brutal than all the rest. It's murder! Metal! Well, how about that, man? Fuck yeah. 10,
2: ten episode anniversary, dude.
1: Yeah, dude. That's a uh, a milestone for sure. Yes, 10 sir, episodes. It is. Uh we're hitting it right now. Uh ball slapping it.
2: Oh, fuck yeah, dude.
1: Just fucking owning that shit.
2: Yeah, thank all you motherfuckers out there for listening. Glad to join you again.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've had a just continually having really good response from people we talk to, which is great cuz oh, you know, yeah. that's what it's all about. Makes it fun to do when, you know, you Fuck got yeah, people dude. listening and people saying, man, I listen at work. And, yep. you know, I remember talking to somebody who said he was, like, all alone, like, on a shift, like, on a Sunday or something. And it was, like, cool that he knew that that was going to be there to listen Fuck to. yeah. Like, That's fucking badass, <laughs> man. That's really cool stuff. Because, yeah, uh, you know, I know that you and I both like podcasts. And, uh, yeah. And we look forward to them. So yeah, to think week. that somebody looks forward to our do our podcast is just fucking awesome. makes you feel good it does it makes you feel good it and my does. friend
2: jen she just stopped by before i came over here uh she's like i'm about to go home efficient finish last week's ep- episode so nice nice yeah.
1: yeah that's really cool man um last week of course we did evil genius and we had a few people saying you know oh i gotta check that out you yeah know, digging that so that's cool um, it's a weird show. And so, yeah, anybody out there that missed that would want to check out uh, episode nine. Last week we did the hour and a half, 90 minutes. Of, the longest one yet. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Man. It was. It was. So that was uh, that was cool. Uh, so we did the uh, Evil Genius. Um, um, this week, of course, we we go way back, like getting a time way, machine. Way back. <laughs> and go back to the 1400s with the uh, Frenchman Ray. So... Hell yeah. He is a sick motherfucker. I mean, he's got a cool, like, fancy sounding name i'll give him <laughs> I that guess, i guess
2: uh when you got a fancy name you can get away with shit till you insult a priest or something exactly <laughs> yeah so uh
1: we'll talk about him but my god they there's a wide ranging estimate of body count here yeah he, way wide. we're talking in the hundreds uh the the most accurate one that i think they came up with was 800 or so yeah so, I mean, my God, that's a lot of fucking people. That's a and lot. There and kids, they were kids. Boys, yeah, most of them were boys, boys, dude. Yeah. Very fucked up. So we'll talk about him and all that crazy shit. And our good friend Chris Kovacs out there in Danbury. Yeah. Still bringing the fucking goods, man. He did a great segment on the... Uh, the Galactic Cowboys last week. Yeah, yeah, and this week doing King's X, uh, which is another band from Texas that are friends with the... Galactic Cowboys they're kind of similar kind of out there very unique very different um, so he does the segment very talented on that. very much so yeah three piece just amazing um, also did the interview with Angel Rosa of Hat City Pictures uh, that was really cool um, about 18 minutes or so 16 to 18 somewhere in there um, Angel was a was a great interview talked about a lot of cool stuff so I think you guys will dig it fuck yeah and we'll play that in the mayhem segment, and uh, we're just continually getting stupid with the karaoke stuff. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate you guys letting me indulge and do that because it's a lot of fun. But then sometimes I wonder what the fuck is wrong oh, with me. Like, man, I'm what here, is going on in my head? Dude. I'm like I really working on like getting them right. I actually, I hate this
2: and, fucking songs, man. I know they're <laughs> awful.
1: That's what makes it even funnier, because screaming <laughs> along with them is like, right. like <laughs> destroying it. Like, that yeah, makes you. you
2: feel like, fuck this song. I'm yeah. doing my I'm way, singing bitch. this shit my way.
1: But this week, I think you guys will really get a kick out of it. So I can't wait for you to hear it. Uh, it took a little bit of work to get it, but I think I got it. So fuck yeah. So yeah. So again, thanks for everybody commenting, everybody listening. So here's to this episode ten, man. Yeah, fucking a.
3: Where am I? playground. Will I, live? Will I die? No
2: How about some blessed with pain, dude? I'm blessed with pain every day of my life, but that's Satan's <laughs> playground, though, man.
1: Oh, I love that song. And anybody that's not from Central Illinois. Uh, band from Champaign, Illinois. Great band. Great guys. Um,
2: yeah, it was always fun jamming with them. Oh,
1: that, well, the very first Low 12 show was with Blessed With Pain. Oh, fucking And a. we met each other there, and it was just love at first sight. Love yeah. their band. They liked us, and we did a lot of road trips. And right. uh, That'll be a good storytelling time to talk about some of those crazy road trips where Juan... Uh, clogged three toilets in the hotel from shitting. <laughs> Jesus Christ. In one after the other. It was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so so anyway, uh, sorry for bringing <laughs> us down into the bowels there, but we're talking about G. DeRay, dude. I mean,
2: Ooh, this guy.
1: <laughs> he is a sick motherfucker, so I'm anxious to dig into this one because we talked about this. There's some French, you know, obviously he's yeah. French, but... All I was these names, this shit, like and,
2: how the fuck do you pronounce this? I know,
1: and I'm like, you know what? We're just gonna tell the listeners that other than the guy G de Ray, which I'll, I'll give him that, I'll pronounce it right, but the other shit. We're just going to say it like American style.
2: So. Okay, And then, well, there was uh, the one who was like his cousin. Everybody's got all these French names, and the dude's name's Roger. Roger. I think, but they were talking
1: about that on one of the things I listened to where it might have been Roger. Roger, yeah, like
2: yeah. I heard so, that too, actually, but
1: it's, who knows? it's Roger. Exactly, it's Roger. <laughs> right, it, that was funny with all those crazy names. So we're just going to, you know, so just... Before you guys send in the hate mail, we're just going to tell you, we're not going all crazy with the French here. Fuck no. No. But just in a nutshell, he was known for his bravery fighting as a, as a soldier. A Hundred uh, Years' War? Yeah, in the Hundred Year War where the French were fighting the English. And he was actually a personal bodyguard of Joan of Arc. Okay, how crazy is that? Talk about, yeah, I mean, a mashup. Of two very different different people, you know. I mean, because he's fucking whacked and really high in the military, yeah. All religious, so kind of strange, but yeah, he became like her right hand man and was very valiant and fearless in battle. And the Battle of Orleans is where. uh, where they, uh,
2: Orleans. Yeah, Orleans. Yeah. yeah, Orleans. We're going yeah. with Orleans. We're going with Orleans. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he was a decorated soldier. You know, very very wealthy. But uh, he was he born was, very wealthy. And yeah, he, his, he, parent, his dad made sure he got the best of everything yeah education it, all that exactly yeah they you know he had the best
1: like you said the best of everything and he was born with a silver spoon type of thing so castle had like jade fucking floors and shit yeah i remember Holy, the jade what floor. the fuck dude yeah i mean imagine how much some shit like that would cost nowadays <laughs> you know it's just insane <laughs> but um he uh he was married you know like the when his parents died, he was like 10 and then he was raised by his maternal grandfather who
2: was an
1: asshole. He
2: was a big time asshole. He didn't like any of the education at all. He hated it. Right.
1: Yeah, he was he was definitely difficult and he was trying to like marry him off
2: to other uh, wealthy, you know, wealthy people families, because like, when his family died, they were super rich. So right, Joe so, got all the money, and his grandpa was like, "Well, how the fuck can we get more money? Yeah, because your kid was like a ten years old, like he doesn't exactly, know what the fuck's going exactly. on.
1: Exactly, his grandpa was like whoring him out, you know, trying yeah, to, try to get more money out of him. It's kind of fucked up, but. Uh, but anyway, he winds up getting married and has a couple of kids, but like. But it was his like,
2: fucking fourth cousin.
1: Yeah, it's a total beard type thing because he definitely liked boys. Yeah, he uh, definitely liked males. And that is what it is. And Chris or I, we're not here to, you know, get into that whole subject. Oh, but, no,
2: don't like little boys. <laughs> no, if not he, little boys. Yeah. That's <laughs> adults. That's
1: true. That's true. I'm sorry. I, that came out wrong. But, uh,
2: yeah. But
1: he was, um, you know, married with a couple of kids, but, like, never had anything to do with them. Never. He just all about his military career and shit. Yeah. And so he pretty much just did his own thing and, and had nothing to do with them. Um, but it was when, after he retired uh, from the military, that things got kind yeah, of weird. Yeah, got all fucked up, yeah. Because, man, he started doing the the play. Did you see that about uh-uh. the... He he would spend like an insane amount of money putting together a play about the Battle of Orleans where they won and the French right. came back and it was like their you know road to victory type of thing, and he was part of it. So anyway, they had um, where is it? There were um yeah, it was in fourteen thirty four that he that he retired, and then he spent most of his fortune. Uh, creating this huge uh, play had 20,000 lines of verse, 140 speaking parts, and 500 extras. That's going to diminish your fortune really fucking quick. Yeah, because he paid them all really well. (laughs) And even more fucked up, at the end of the performance, they would take all the sets and all the costumes and burn them, and he would have them made again. What the fuck?
3: Yeah. (laughs) He
1: was fucked. So... He starts doing, like, crazy shit like that. And then his family's like, whoa, like, what the fuck are you doing? You're spending all the money and, like...
2: You know, that's our money, like, when you die, motherfucker. Right, job. yeah. We're, it's fucking like the evil genius spending my inheritance.
1: Exactly,
2: very much so. <laughs> I'm spending my goddamn
1: inheritance. Exactly. So they're all, like, pissed off. So they get, like, the king or whatever to put,
2: like, an injunction on him where he can't... He's not allowed to sell any more of his property and right. shit. Right, nobody yeah. could do business with right, him like exactly. that. Right, exactly. Like, so, you can't... You're doing it all too fast, dude.
1: Yeah, so they were trying to slow him down, and... uh he was, you know, obviously trying to come up with other ways to make right? money. So he gets hooked up with some fucking whack jobs. Yeah, what the fuck was that one dude's name?
2: Fucking yeah, they've Powell all got me.
1: really fucked up names. I ain't even going to attempt it. I know, <laughs> that's why I left them out. Oh, Jesus it's just Christ. just too much. But he got hooked up with these, you know, real weird people, uh, re- you know, religious, um, you know, into,
2: like, black like, magic. Yeah, black and, magic and
1: alchemy and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. He gets really
2: racked up in all that. And um, it was just... Starts it, trying to summon a demon to help him get get yeah. money, like, get gold or whatever. Right.
1: He thought if he summoned this demon named Baron... Baron, yeah. ...that the demon would provide him with, with gold, gold and and all this money. Well, and so he would hope that he would be able to keep his his lavish lifestyle spending because he was spending it like fucking crazy and they shut him off. So he was like
2: desperate. Now what the fuck do I do? Oh, I know demons. <laughs>
1: yeah. Let's summon demons. a
2: demon and see if he oh. can give us some fucking money. So he fucking tried chumming three times and it didn't work. So then what did he decide to do? Yeah. So he thought maybe killing some kids is sacrifice. sacrifice and giving them offering of child body parts. <laughs> exactly. And it gets like
1: very fucking game of thrones in this shit. I mean, these people, are fucking brutal. I mean, yeah. really nasty stuff. Uh, the book that I read uh, that we'll touch on uh, later is uh, gets really detailed, even beyond the other stuff I'd seen on the right. Internet. It was, uh, it was pretty rough. But um, he was just, you know, money gone, relatives pissed at him, uh, running out of ways to make money, and really just going
2: into a black hole he was like a recluse and it all happened like after joan of arc and shit too yeah
1: because he took when joan of arc was burned
2: alive he took it personally it it really fucked him him down yeah Yeah,
1: because he really really admired her and so after that happened they said he didn't want any
2: more with the military he wasn't right he
1: wasn't right and so he obviously started going really down because like you said he started getting into the sacrificing of of kids these little boys and he would send his servants out into the village you know wherever his castles because he had multiple castles yeah he had
2: a couple castles yeah so he would send them out to pick up these kids and, and tell them like we just need like tell them like we just need to use this kid for some work and the kid disappear
1: yeah they would say oh he's going to be trained and he'll become a servant to the king or yeah. prince or whatever and he'll have you know a, a good job uh, eventually, but yeah, and then like you said,
2: they don't fucking come back, you know. Yeah, and then when they parents or whatever come and ask them, they're just like, "Oh, we don't know." Exactly. And that's it. That's and, it. And like you know, the problem is, is
1: you know, these people are as poor as poor can be, right? And so you've got you know them trying to ask this high and mighty fucking
2: whatever. Right. You fucking he isn't want. fucking. It doesn't matter what you say. You're a peasant. Exactly. My so my
1: words rule. They. They couldn't do anything. I mean, they were helpless, and he was just killing them by the dozens. I mean, it was really nasty. Um, There were a lot of different accounts um, that I read about um, but there were a lot of conflicting stories. You know, this goes back, obviously, so far. There's very little written record. Right, of it. like the 1400s, a yeah.
2: long fucking time ago. Exactly.
1: So that's the problem with with some of these that are old. You don't know what's like legend and what and like what's actually, actually happened. happened. So, um, like I was saying, you know, 800 plus, there were some that went as high as 6,000. But then you know, other I mean, things I read were like that's way that too. That number is ridiculous. But I mean, you it's know, possible. I mean, he, he killed a back, lot.
2: Who knows what he did when he was in the army? And nobody, like, true, you know what I mean?
1: Oh yeah, true. It's, I mean, is he counting possible. his? Is he
2: counting his kills in the army? <laughs> Probably
1: not. With that uh, estimate, I don't. Right, know, I doubt that, it too. Yeah, you know. But they would. You know, the thing that was really sick, you know, is they would get these little boys, you know, minors. Uh, up into the teenage years, but they were all underage, uh, which yeah. is obviously fucking horrible. Um, and him and his staff would, would rape them and then.
2: Uh, they'd like dress them in clothes better than what they had on. Like yeah. they'd dress them in really nice clothes and. Right. And feed just, them. Feed them and, nice meals and everything and then let the torture commence. Yeah.
1: And then they would just brutalize them and then do, like, really sick and twisted shit, like, hang them from
2: hooks. Dude, and torture them while they're on the hook, then take them down off the hook, and, like, not coddle's not the word I'm looking for. Reassure them that they're okay and nothing's going to happen. Right. And then hang them back on the fucking hook. Like, aha, fuck you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, very sadistic shit. And then I was reading some stuff where, like, after he would kill them, um, they would like collect the blood, and it was almost like an Elizabeth Bathory right. thing with the bathing, the and bathing the blood. in the blood. Yeah, and he was a hundred years before uh, Countess Bathory. I checked, so oh, he, was he was. Yeah, nice. he was. He was the uh, predecessor, apparently, of that whole <laughs> bathing in blood thing. Um, but yeah, really, really fucked up shit. Um, he
2: uh, He would actually like take the organs out and like play with the play organs with them. and. and the- the boys that had, like, the best-looking faces and body parts that were the most, like, handsome or whatever. Right. He'd, like, hold them in the air and, like, look at them and everything. Right. And kiss them, and then he would put the heads on his mantle. Yeah, he decapitated them. And... Oh. Uh, with a double-edged brutal. sword and shit. Fucked up. Yeah, and very he, much. And then I read that he'd fucking, like, take the genitals and cut them off and then have sex with the hole where the genitals were oh my god like what the fuck is that <laughs> shit dude <laughs>
1: yeah i mean man he didn't even have fucking Pornhub or or
2: <laughs> no none of that shit rotten.com fuck that was yeah
1: that yeah. was not even a thought he's making was... his own
2: <laughs> jesus fuck yeah, yeah
1: for sure i mean that's just disgusting and then i read too where he would like take the the insides out And for the ones that were big enough, he would, like, crawl inside of them and jerk off. Yeah, he'd masturbate all over the bodies and shit, dude. And then some, like, where they were dying, he would get on their chest and, like, laugh laugh at them them and and jerk off. There was always the jerking off. So weird. He loved masturbating on bodies and
2: dying people.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, it was reminding me, though, of a little bit of Couch Fucker, though, with the jerking (laughs) off. I'm like, man, I wonder if that's where Couch Fucker got his inspiration was Gita Ray and his... uh, very fucked up sexual preferences.
2: Fucking, oh my God. Oh, so it's <laughs> funny
1: how they all intertwine here. But uh, yeah, it was absolutely fucking brutal and he would have his uh, staff um, take the bodies and burn them. Burn them in the fireplace. And then pull a bone crusher yeah, pull
2: a bone crusher and just scatter in the moat. yeah take the ashes and throw
1: them in the in the mo. said
2: they did it in small parts to keep the smell down and shit yeah like, like I mean, holy shit it
1: was an operation man. yeah they were, i mean when
2: you're killing that many fucking kids though you got to make it an operation I guess. exactly and plus you got a staff helping you do this shit like oh yeah holy fuck man exactly
1: <sighs> what a fucked up yeah that's just crazy you exactly. know like did they talk about like Hey, are you working Saturday? Or can you cover my Saturday? <laughs> can you cover my I'm going out with so and will I'll do your Thursday next week right. if that's
2: cool, you know? I think he's got two <laughs> lined up for Thursday. He's only got one night, so I mean, yeah. it's a good switch. Exactly. Like, what Like what kind of work conversation? Like, hey, does anybody want Chinese? Like That's fucking water cooler talk. You guys
1: want to talk. order a pizza? You know, like, do you talk about that with right? your coworkers? <laughs> like, when you're doing some sick shit like that, I doubt it. Fucking weird water cooler talk. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, he would uh, he would get rid of him, and so you know. But what did him in? Uh, and you alluded to it at the beginning, Chris, was that he fucked with the wrong person.
2: Yeah, all these fucking kids are dis- disappearing. He's murdering all these kids, and then he gets into this fight with this priest, and bam. Now we're coming for you, motherfucker. Exactly. The church is like, what
3: the fuck? Yeah, you You can't
2: get into a fight with a fucking priest. Fuck.
1: Yeah, so they just bring the hammer down, and uh, they get the police involved, and the police go check it out. And he had some bodies at one of the locations, because they did find some bodies, but... I can't. I was trying to think of which one it was, and like I said, there's so many of the different places and the right the multiple odd castles. Names. But I thought at one of the
2: places they checked, they did find some, and that's what really I read got that em. too. Like they, they found like eight decapitated bodies. That, right, like, right, At this one castle, I can't remember which one, but yeah, I think that was names. it. Was
1: about eight to ten of them, so it wasn't like the hundreds of them, but. But once they realized what he was doing and then they started talking to his servants because, of course, like most people in that situation... Like, oh, fuck, dude, I better talk. Otherwise, I'm going to be fucked, too. Exactly, because they knew they were going to be executed, but I think it was basically like, is it going to be like really bad? Yeah, is it going to be
2: quick? Are they going to burn me? Yeah, gonna, or am
1: I just going to be like, flip the switch and I'm dead and I'm out, and right. I'm going to do whatever I got to do to do that.
2: Yeah, know? I'm going to make it as fast as possible. Don't shit. want no torture. No, no brazen bull. No, no brazen bull.
1: <laughs> yeah, no rats in a bucket. No, no shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so they, uh, they talk, and he has two trials, which was kind of crazy. One yeah. was the religious one,
2: and the Inquisition.
1: They, yeah, and they basically are like, in you know, all the devil worshipping and the I'm trying to summon the demons. And yeah, to, yeah, and so they basically excommunicated him from his church. So that really devastated him because as as crazy as that is, I mean, he claimed at least that he was very religious, and we see this a lot with these. Like, crazy religious people that are, like, really fucking bad, so... Yeah,
2: terrible people, but... What was the old girl with the axe?
1: Lizzie Borden?
2: No, the other one. Oh. She got real religious after she went into prison. I can't remember, whatever.
1: Yeah, they all blur. (laughs) Yeah.
2: But, yeah, they do.
1: David Berkowitz, Son of Sam, was all... Became a, you know, like a holy roller. Super religious, yeah. So it happens, but, uh, you know, nonetheless, man, it was... uh, It was just nuts. I mean, it was... Right. A really, really violent, you know, Well, that time period, too, was pretty fucking violent, honestly. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just nonstop. But not,
2: like, fucking raping and killing little boys
1: right? violent. Yeah. I mean, it's just horrible. So, they excommunicated him. He's, like, devastated. And then, in the book I read, he's, like, writing all these letters to, like, the court, basically, before his criminal trial... And he's saying stuff like, I've repented. Um, I admit what I did was wrong. Because he confessed all these. I mean, it wasn't like he was trying to hide it. Like, yeah, I did this. I did it. And he said, I've I've come to terms with it. And I think what would be best for me (laughs) would be to go to a monastery and just live out the rest of my life as a monk in service to
2: God. That's probably the best thing for you, fucker. And these... The judge yeah. and the you know oh, like I God. don't fucking think like, so I don't dude. Think so, and You're he different. shows up to court
1: and he's all like in this flowing robe <laughs> like he's already gonna like, like he already, be led away to the monastery. He already
2: knows what's gonna happen. Like I'm out of here, Yeah, he comes
1: out. And he finds out, oh no. No, 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 no! You're gonna fucking die, dude. Yeah. You're, no, you're not going you to the, the death monastery, motherfucker. So yeah, of course they sentenced them to death, and it was brutal because it was hanging and burning at, at the same,
2: same time. That's pretty How wicked. fucked up. Is that? That is fucked up. <laughs> I'm thinking,
1: God damn! Like that's yeah. brutal. You
2: know?
1: <laughs> I mean, I guess when you hang, you your neck snaps and you die instantly. But
2: They let you down slow, I guess. You're just kind of hanging there choking yeah, out.
1: If it's but, not one of those, oh then, yeah, my that God. would be horrible, man. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, that would
2: fucking blow That
1: And the way they did it, you know, they were so weird at this time. I remember reading stuff about Vlad the Impaler and how, um, you know, he would raise up the people of higher standing, like in the society. So yeah. like in the case of uh, Gide Ray here, when they kill the three of them, they put his gallows higher, higher because than he was the other. higher than them it's in society. kind of like the crucifixion. Very much, yeah. So, So that's how they had it set up, one on each side of him, with him up higher. In the middle. And oh. then, yeah, and then the bottom was all the kindling and the wood and stuff. And when they hang him, the, the other two, the, the servants, were like burned to cinder. You know, they burned their bodies all the way. But with oh, yeah. with him, they, the book was saying that there's six women that were in veils. And they believe one of them was his wife. And they took him from the fire before he burned or burn yeah. burn much. Yeah. He's put him dead. in a casket. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's dead. And took him in a casket, and they had him buried, like, normally, like in some cemetery. Yeah, but the
2: servants had to fucking burn to a crisp, and fucking, that's fucked up. Yeah,
1: exactly, very fucked up. So, again... White privilege. Again, (laughs) again, you know, getting over on shit, you know, like, just because you're fucking rich and... Yeah, exactly. And and known and stuff, which, unfortunately, is... how a lot of things go and it still happens today honestly it does but I mean
2: I'm not trying, it's trying fucked to get up. into that shit
1: though no not at all but you know it's just it's just crazy to think of somebody doing shit like that and and having the balls to think that they're gonna just let him go to this yeah, monastery I, and like go chill you know I don't understand I've
2: it been like Bundy walking in doing the same thing yeah yeah I mean like, Bundy oh was dude cocky. I know
1: what I need dude yeah Bundy was cocky enough to do oh, that fuck shit yeah I did read though that in '92, um, a bunch of Freemasons held oh, like a mock fake, trial, yeah,
2: and they found him to be completely innocent. Right? They, I think uh, the French government finds him like exonerated him. I guess I That's think what so. I read.
1: And there's so many different things because he was supposed to be the inspiration uh, for Blackbeard, the Bluebeard. character Bluebeard. Bluebeard. You're right. I'm sorry, Bluebeard. And I read in that book that his, that Gide Ray had a black beard. Right. And when it turned in the light, it looked almost blue. So that's where that comes from. Right. But, uh, yeah, the, the blue beard character, very, very dark. Fairy tale know, uh, guy or whatever. Yeah, killing his wives and chokes one, poisons one. I mean, crazy shit and inspired by him. So that's kind of interesting that they, uh, Hell yeah. You know, didn't, uh, you know, some people don't think he did anything wrong. And then yeah, here's others think he killed 800 kids. He killed,
2: know? like, yeah, 100 to thousands. Like, yeah, so that's a, pretty like, nah, big, nah, that's a pretty nah,
1: big swing. Kidding. So who knows? I mean, uh, uh, you know, who's right? We, we have no idea. But it's an interesting story that we thought you guys would dig. Um, the research uh, that we did, uh, I read the book uh, Satanic Alchemy, and uh, it's like a collection of these different like letters and news stories about the event from people that wrote it, like not back in the 1400s, but between there and then. you know, hundreds of years ago, and they compile them in this book, it's very interesting. So if you're interested in him, uh, want to read more. Uh, you can do that. Uh, check there's that other out. other
2: documentaries on YouTube and whatnot here. Yeah, now.
1: there were several of them on YouTube. There's also a couple of decent podcasts. Uh, one I heard that was pretty good uh, on him. So if you're interested in learning more, uh, there's definitely a lot of places you could find uh, about Gilles de Rey, But you're going to need to uh,
2: spell it right because yeah. it's <laughs> fucked up. It's like G-I-L-L-E-S-D-E-R. Uh, yeah. R-A-I-S. R-A-I-S, yeah. yeah. So, now the next
1: episode, we talked about this. We we had one in mind, and we're doing a little switch.
2: Yeah, we're going to switch this up, because we want to throw this in before anybody else comes across Yeah, we've
1: it. got a pretty interesting story to tell about Zodiac. A new, a new take
2: on Zodiac, yeah. Yeah, yeah a new we, take on Zodiac.
1: We both, Chris and I both, feel very, very confident in saying that we are going to name Who the the fucking Zodiac is. I mean... On this podcast. Yes. Next week, we're going to say who we believe to be Zodiac. And I can't believe that it is not like front page news because I don't know how you could fucking argue
2: with There's what we're doing. There's evidence for real. There's I mean, evidence we found, but it's right. fucking real evidence.
1: Exactly. It's very interesting. I think you guys will dig it. So next week, uh, we'll do our uh, killer on the Zodiac. Zodiac. And probably do the whole episode on Zodiac. So right. It'll be yeah, it's going to be a fucking thing. straight
2: up thing.
0: Yeah.
1: So uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that next time. Fuck Yeah.
3: Okay it's crazy old bike
1: lane here. Okay, ladies, you're about to receive a gift that probably will change your life forever. We're about to give you something that no other podcast can. We are about to deliver the goods in such a way that our collective balls will be brutally slapping your sweaty ass while you scream for me. Oh,
0: I love one in my pink and one in my stink. Oh, yeah.
2: It's the Crazy Mike dating game. Yes, you will find out in the 11th episode of Murder Metal Mayhem how to enter to become a contestant on the Crazy Mike dating game. Will you win one of our consolation prizes? We would go for the gold and win a date with the suave and studly Crazy Mike. Listen next week for your chance at paradise.
3: you? Well, hey, there, It's Crazy old Mike Lanham here.
2: Oh man, this is going to be the best game show ever. Oh dude, I can't even imagine it, (laughs) crazy
1: Mike. Yeah, we'll have to see if we can get him in a cheesy getup or something. That'd be great. Fuck yeah. Yeah, so I think you guys will dig that shit. Hey,
2: hey, so now that we're in the metal segment, I meant to mention during the Jol de Ray that uh, Cannibal Corpse's album, uh, Godspeed on you mean on the the Cradle Cradle of Filth. What did I say? You said Cannibal Corpse. Fuck. Cradle of Filth, yeah, fuck Jesus Christ,
1: that's
3: all right.
2: <laughs> well, what's the name of Cradle of Filth? Did a whole album, a whole on? album on Jolteray Rays called "Godspeed on the Devil's Thunder." Nice, and, and subtitled uh, "The Life and Crimes of Jolteray." It's fucking wow. so they got a whole album about it. So check that shit out. Cause yeah. It's pretty fucking badass.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not into Cradle of Filth, but I might actually listen to that. Just now, check that, just that out just to, to see, see what, what you, it's about. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Um Yeah, the new Cataclysm, and I was mentioning that on a break here, Uh, Meditations. Oh, my God. Fucking wicked. Really?
2: Like I said, I'll probably throw that. I'll find that and listen to that on the way home. I I definitely want to be checking that shit out. It's
1: really badass, so if you guys haven't got that yet, go check it out. Um, And then last Saturday, uh, my son and I went up to the Forge in Joliet, Illinois, and went and checked out they had a local uh showcase and we talked about this our yeah. buddies in chalk chalk was playing yeah and i wanted to go and support uh those guys in a foreign land so to speak <laughs> a few couple hours away so we went up there it was really great uh love the venue um that was kind of like a lot of those shows with like 10 bands. It right. turns into a bit of a clusterfuck. Right. Um, they had some issues with monitors, but they fucking soldiered fucking through it. Got it done. Just fucking ripped Ow. that place a new ass. Man. Yeah, man. I wasn't able to make it. I had prior engagements yeah. and kids. so I knew you had stuff going on, so I, it was just
2: great to be there. I'm glad you and Joey were able to go. That's yeah. fucking awesome.
1: And we went up with our buddy Jake, and uh, and we had a couple of people talking about the show, man. And talking about the podcast and that they really like it. So it's Fucking just a. always nice to see people that uh, that know what that is. Um, I actually had a guy um, that I didn't know who he was, but he asked me if I was playing, and I said no. And he goes, oh, no, Low 12 isn't playing? I'm like... Dude, we dude, haven't we played, played in like a minute, two dude. years, man. You know? <laughs> two years, really? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, I saw you. I thought that meant Low Twelve
3: was here. Nah. Like, no, dude, dude. Sorry for the buzzkill. <laughs> <My bad, but laughs> <dude. laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, no dice on that one. But uh, yeah, so it's always cool to have people remember Low Twelve. Fuck yeah! But the uh, vinyl segment uh, from our friend Chris Kovacs is a good one on uh, King X. X. So I think you guys will dig it. We'll, uh, we'll let, let Chris it take it. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. All
1: right. I got uh, my buddy Chris Kovacs from Danbury, Connecticut, uh, survived the uh, tornado strike. We had our own tornado <laughs> strike here yesterday. Fortunately, didn't come to Hayworth, but it was uh, relatively close. Uh, so we're both uh, live and intact. The poser geists are leaving us alone for the moment, Chris. <laughs> And uh, vinyl segment continues to get great feedback and good comments. Awesome! That's awesome. awesome. And so uh, I know you got some uh, new stuff for us. So what? You, what do you have this week?
0: I'm going to climb back on my high horse again, and um, oh Jesus! <laughs> and um, piggyback off what was last week—the Galactic Cowboys. But um, good friends of theirs, a band called Kings X. Nice. Um, band originally from the Midwest relocated to Texas. Um, another band I cannot figure out why they are not huge and popular.
1: That is strange because they had some hits too. I mean, you know, f- for a band like that, but you know, I mean, they were fairly yeah. commercial in some of their stuff, so that is odd.
0: I mean, they they had some commercial stuff, but they had some you know some heavy stuff. You know, I are they a metal band? I say they're a metal band. Um, I was looking it out. up and, and some people say they're a progressive metal with, um, and I got to agree with that. Cause I think they're, they, they're a little bit on the progressive side with um, elements of funk and soul and, and a little, little bit of gospel and blues in it. Um, great three-way harmonies. These guys are multi-instrumentalists. They could, Play any instrument, um all of them sing lead nice they're just um a, a great band and i and and it's a crime that they never got huge and i yeah. don't understand
1: it is really I weird guess- I mean how does it you know like we've talked about this now a few times with uh our other uh segments, and it is odd how a band that you know you think has all the ingredients to be huge and play in arenas and they miss it, and somebody else not too different from them gets, boom, you know, big mega megastar. Exactly. Right place, right time, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. But um, King's X, they formed in um, the early 80s. Um, they, are, they were originally called Sneak Preview. I don't know why the fuck they, they originally <laughs> called themselves that. I mean, that's pretty lame. Yeah.
1: What is King's uh, X? Does it have a meaning that you know of? I've always wondered what it meant.
0: Everybody thought it was it had um, religious overtones, oh, but okay. it, it, it's, it's not. And Ty, Ty Tabor actually went on record, the guitarist, and said we are not a religious band. Right. Um, I think it's just something they came up with. Okay. Cool. Um, you know, it's been the three same people since the beginning.
1: Yeah, that's amazing so, that they've been the same yeah. dudes doing that.
0: You know it's going on over 30 years, 32, 33 years they've been together. Um, originally signed to Megaforce Records, and there, it was a little weird because at that time Megaforce was being distributed by Atlantic Records. So they had the they were on an a independent label with major label distribution. Okay. Um, I remember when that when the first album came out out of the Silent Planet in '87. I was like, there's no way this one is going to miss they had a minor hit uh, called goldilocks it's a little commercial feel um the rest of the album mixes a little bit of commerciality with um you know some some progressive stuff great album um but you know it gained a little interest but it didn't go really go anywhere um, the next year, they came out with what's considered one of their best albums, "Gretchen Ghost in Nebraska." had a had another, you know, minor, I guess, I guess hit. Um, MTV played it a little bit on you No know, Headbangers Ball, as much of a joke that that uh, was, but they did play it.
1: That was so frustrating to watch that shit. <laughs> They'd play the videos they'd play during the day, like Bon Jovi and shit like that. I'm like, yeah, why? I've waited all week. You can't fucking leave that shit out for the hour and just play like King Diamond and Megadeth and shit that we can't see the rest of the week. But no,
0: three quarters of nope, the show
1: was... was that shit. Yep. Oh, that was awful. <laughs> I, still, I watched it, still watched
0: it, though.
1: Still watched it. Because even those awful videos. Usually had really hot chicks in them, so it was worth watching.
0: That's true. That's true. And he did. They did once in a while play some good, you know, some 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 rare stuff and oh, some. Oh yeah, they did. You know, at, at the end at the end of the um, show, they exactly. Right at themselves. the end, exactly. But um, they came out with "Gretchen Ghost in Nebraska." I had um, "Minor hit Over My Head." The album did okay. It did did it did. I guess you know it did okay. Nothing. It wasn't selling a million copies. Um, you know, then they had um, the third album, Faith, Love, Hope. Was was a moderate success. Nothing out of the box. Then and I think it was ninety ninety one. Um, give me one. So let me look at my notes real quick. Um,
1: were they still on Megaforce to, too? Still all through all these? Yeah, they
0: were. They were still on um up up until Faith Love Hope they were still on Mega Force and um for the fourth album, the self titled King Sex, which came out in ninety two, um Atlantic signed them to Atlantic Records. Oh wow. Okay. Um and that was probably their most commercial album. Um I think I think it was like it broke the top two hundred as far as Billboard goes. Okay. Um you know, the radio stations around here played um, the tune Black Flag quite often. Oh, yeah. It was, you know, it it did really well. And what I love about King's X is you would think that the next album, they would have, you know, been a little bit more commercial. They're like, fuck that. They come out with Dog Man, which is probably their heaviest album that they ever made. Right. You know, that it, it's just, it's just, it's heavy as hell.
1: Yeah, I, I dig that. If I'm going to listen to them, that's the one I would listen to.
0: You know, again, Atlantic Records. Um, it, was, it was the critics loved it. Um, it did it did well in the charts, probably because it piggybacked off the um, last album. Um, and then, uh, as usual, they released another one, and and Atlantic Records dropped them. Because sales, right? You know, and to the rescue again, Metal Blade Records. Brian Sliggle. nice, comes and signs him. We got to get
1: Brian so, on here, man. I was thinking about that. That'd be a cool interview.
0: I'd be badass. That, that guy, he's just he's just a music fan, and what I love about him is, you know, he, he wears his his heart on his sleeve when it comes to signing some bands. And he loved King's X. Yeah, and he's and he signed them in '98. Um, and they came out with four great albums: Tapehead, Please Come Home, Manic Moonlight, and Black Like Sunday. That were fantastic albums. They were they were heavy, catchy. They had hooks, and you know they didn't, they didn't go, they didn't, you no, know, they didn't even chart. But but they were just great album albums, you know. And King's X is gonna do what they what they want to do. They're not gonna bow to any trend, which which is what I love about them you
1: know. Right, and I'm I'm wondering, you know, just kind of outsider looking in, because it's not, you know, in my top list of bands, is, do you think the whole, the fact that the singer is black, do you think that mattered at all? Because, I mean, at that time in metal, I mean, even still, it's certainly not common, but more common maybe now than it was then, but do you think that
0: might have had anything to do with it? I don't think so. What what I think, my opinion is Right around King Sex came out, Living Color came out.
1: Okay, and they were huge. And I,
0: yeah, and I think Living Color overshadowed, you know, because they were an all, all black rock band. I think they overshadowed King's a little bit. Yeah. Um, and and the funny thing is, is um, I know, I think it was like a couple of years ago, Doug Pinnock, the um, lead singer for King's X, actually filled in for Corey Glover for Living Color on, on a European tour. Oh, nice. That would Which be cool. is, which is funny.
1: Yeah, that is cool.
0: You know, and, um, they put out some four great albums for metal blade. And, um, in 2005, they sang, signed to inside out records, a progressive, uh, label out of, uh, Europe.
1: Yep. Fates warning.
0: And exactly. Fates warning. Um, see you, else, uh, Flower Kings, another great progressive band. Um, Spock's Beard was also on that label. And they put out two albums, Old Tones and 15. Or, yeah, 15. And that was the last studio album was 2008. They haven't put anything out since 2008. Wow. They've been touring. I mean, they still tour. They've been touring. They have tons of side projects. I think they're probably one of the bands that has the most side projects I've ever seen anybody have. <laughs> um, Doug Pinnock has, Jesus, he has, um, God, he's got, uh, he had a band called Supershine with two members of Trouble, um, which is heavy. That they put out one album, which is a doomy stoner heavy album
1: huge chicago that's a year they make a big deal anytime anybody talks about trouble so yeah chicago all the way yeah
0: you know a a, a trouble great doom metal band and and super shine is um reminds me of of trouble with um doug pinnick singing oh cool um you know he has a side project project called pound hound they have a couple albums out he did um recently just had a uh did two albums with um George Lynch Lynch and Ray Luzier I think it is from as much as I hate Korn right the drummer from Korn or the former drummer from Korn okay um which, which is a great great metal album the, the two albums are they're, they're really good and I wasn't expecting much from yeah, it yeah
1: really that's but, a weird combination George Lynch the drummer from Korn yeah, yeah it is that's weird and, but and, yeah it's cool
0: you know, it's a great, great side project, great band. And he has a couple of blues side projects that he does that, that, he, have, that he has albums out with. Wow! But um, busy. You know, guy. He's always, yeah, he's always working. Um, you know, Ty Tabor, same thing. The guitarist, he has a ton of side projects. A lot of them with members of Dixie Dregs, um, Dream Theater. He has a band called Jelly Jam another band, um, oh, what the hell was it with, um, can't remember, but, um, give me one second, uh, platypus. That's it. Wow. Um, band called Jughead. And, um, he has, he has like seven or eight solo albums as well. Jesus. That's crazy. You know, so he, he, he keeps going. They're, they're both pro- prolific, you know, writers, the, and they just keep putting stuff out. Jerry Gaskell, the drummer, he has two solo albums out. Um, unfortunately, he he has some health problems. So he had a heart attack, I believe, a couple years ago. So he's he's been on the sideline a little bit, but he still plays with King's X when they tour. He still uh, he still do what he does. That's really um,
1: cool, man. Yeah, that's that's some that's a people with a full plate there. That's and none of them commercially successful. So even more no kudos to just being able to keep it up, you know, keep it going when you're probably not making a whole lot of money, just doing it more for fun. The love of music. Keep keep yourself active. That's really cool.
0: And um, which brings us to the recent vinyl releases.
1: Yeah.
0: Metal Metal Blade, um, last couple, between I think 2016 and now have released the first six albums on vinyl. And Metal Blade put a lot of work into these research, um, as far as as the album itself, the albums themselves, Um They were they they had fans send photo photos in for the jacket of the album covers. Oh, that's cool! Um, great liner notes. The remaster for vinyl sounds phenomenal, just as good as the CD versions. Unfortunately, they didn't re-release the CD, the, the CDs themselves. I don't know if Metal Blade has the, you know, is able to get the okay uh, from the previous labels to do that. Right, right. But, um, you know, they did release the, the first six albums, which is Out of the Silent Planet, Gretchen Ghost to Nebraska, Faith, Love, Hope, King's X, Ear Candy, and Dogman. Um and they sound great, and you have everything. Right? Oh, of course, I got, I got all of them. <laughs> <Duh>. <laughs> of course, <laughs> uh, my, my, again, much to my wife's dismay.
1: Does Metal Blade like just like have like a semi come to your house like every couple months? I mean, god damn you!
0: They, they should. Game.
1: Yeah, you, you ought know, to I, be, I get some sort of a, award. Or
0: Amazon, I, I should just have my own, my own Amazon semi. <laughs>
1: That's funny.
0: But, but Metal Blade did a great job. They're gatefold sleeves. So, you know, artwork is is great. All original artwork and a hell of a job Metal Blade. The weird thing is they did not release the four Metal Blade albums on, on vinyl that came out on Metal Blade.
1: Yeah, that's odd.
0: Which I, I don't understand. I guess eventually they will do it. I'm hoping they do it. Cause those are probably my four favorite albums by them. Right. But, um, you know, King's X, another band that if it's not, they're not for everyone. And I know that, but, um, you know, if you're just some progressive stuff, you like, if you like vocal harmonies, stuff with good, you know, cooks, a little bit on the commercial side earlier, but not as much. Now the later albums aren't, aren't that commercial. Um, I would recommend them. They're they're one of my favorite bands, and, and, and it's a crying shame that they are not as big as they should be.
1: Right. Yeah, and unfortunately, we see that a lot with the kind of stuff we like. Well, that's really cool. Um, definitely, uh, you know, some people listening um, probably haven't heard a whole lot of King's X other than maybe the couple of songs they might have heard on the radio, so hopefully we turn some people on to something different. Um, any idea what you might want to dig into uh next
0: time quirky little um band from Canada who have been around since eighty three i believe a uh, band called voivod
1: oh nice that would be cool yes
0: you know they um noise has done reissues of their albums that they you know put out by noise, so we'll discuss the um the three albums that Noise did, plus Metal Blade put out the first album on vinyl recently. So you know we'll discuss um, Voivod, which is they're they're I guess they're a thrash band. Yeah, I would call them thrash. You know they're, they're just fucking quirky. They're they're yeah. a weird band. I they're I don't even know if you could actually give them a label.
1: Right. Yeah, they do not fit neatly into a box. But yeah, they're, yeah. that's a good one to do. Definitely looking forward to that, and uh, will give us uh, something else to uh, dig. So, Chris, thank you for uh,
0: doing your thing. We
1: appreciate it, man.
0: No problem. Well, I love doing this, and as always, you know, I listen to the podcast every week myself. And just to give my input on a, on the a, on a Cannibal Corpse, I am a fan of um, Corpse Grinder more than Chris Barnes and Cannibal Corpse. <laughs>
1: Nice. Yeah, but, you heard me and Chris talking about that last yeah. week and uh, I'm of the same I like them both, but I like Corpse Grinder better.
0: But but I think I think um Chris Barnes and Six Feet Under, I love I love his stuff in Six Feet Under more than I like what he did in Cannibal Corpse.
1: Nice. Okay.
0: So cool. that that's my opinion. Don't mean shit, but I figured no, I'm good, with
1: you. No, no, that's good that you weighed in on that. <laughs> well thanks again, Chris. And we'll talk to you next time, buddy.
0: All right, sounds good, bro.
1: Yeah. Thank you for the awesome interview again, Chris. Yeah, Chris, awesome job, man. Moving into the mayhem segment, man. We're just blowing through this shit. We're coming into an hour.
2: And fuck it's yeah. like,
1: man, we still got the Angel Rosa interview. It's a couple of
2: stories, maybe. Storytelling.
1: Yeah. Some karaoke. karaoke. <laughs> yeah, so it's
2: karaoke. <laughs>
1: our, our original plan of an hour uh, show every week is turned into a 90 minute fucking Fiasco. uh Just craziness. But fuck. I mean, if you guys are digging it, we like it. Fuck yeah. We don't care. I mean, we just got to keep fucking talking. Fucking A, right. We got plenty of material. Thank God. But. Uh, uh, or thank somebody I don't know about him, but whoever. Uh, Angel Rosa, uh, I think you guys will dig this. Uh, great guy, uh, horror films. horror, suspense, uh, very, very talented dude and uh, a good friend of mine and I'll uh, I'll let the interview speak for itself like yeah. All right, I'm speaking uh, with Skype to indie filmmaker, writer, producer, and single father. Able to leap tall buildings with a single bound Angel Rosa of Hat City Pictures, all the way from Danbury, Connecticut. What's up, Angel?
4: Hey, what's up, Pete? Thanks for having me, man.
1: Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. And in an effort of full disclosure, uh, Angel and I have known each other for many years. And Angel, we're going to feel old here for a second. 30 years, for God's sakes. Uh, wow. we, we were roommates back in the late eighties in Danbury and I left in February of 90 to move to central Illinois. Ah. So it's crazy to think it's been this long, but thanks to Facebook, uh, you and I have been able to reconnect after, you know, not talking to each other for quite some time. And it's been awesome to see your many, many accomplishments with Hat City Pictures and also, of course, amazing to actually see each other in person in September last year, and again coming up in August when I come back for a visit. So, with all that being said, I did uh, did some research to make sure I had my facts straight, but I see you started Hat City Pictures in 2011. So, what made you decide to get into film? Because, I mean, when we last saw each other back in the day, you know, I wasn't doing what I'm doing now, and you obviously weren't doing what you're doing now. So, what got you into that?
4: Well, it's funny that you said that. Um, when we roomed together, uh, metal—we were in the metal scene big time. You were, of course, part of a metal band that was hugely popular in the area. And oddly enough, after you left, um, just a few years later, uh, I had an idea to start up a TV show, um, and uh, at the local cable station. And uh, I kind of forgot about it. And uh, one of the people, though, that I told this idea that I had to, he went ahead and did it.
3: And then he got a hold
4: of me like, "Uh, uh, dude, you might you might want to come in on this. This was your idea. (laughs) After all, I went down to the studio and I started what had you know, started to become, you know, a pretty popular uh, music video show called Culture Shock. And I think it reached its peak at around 95. So just. Five years after you left, I was deeply immersed in this hip-hop, punk-rock <laughs> uh, music video interview show. So, Oh, was, shit. You know, kinda... But this has been something that I've been wanting to do my whole life. I've been a huge movie fan. Uh, going back to, you know, and I hate to say this because this sounds so cliche. It seems like every filmmaker today says the same thing. But Star Wars, man, Star Wars really got into me. And, uh, ever since I saw that film when I was about eight, I just had the bug and I had the bug. So it's, it's, this was fate.
1: That's really cool, man. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have heard that before too. Star Wars being a big influence on a lot of, a lot of people doing film. And that certainly would make sense. I mean, that's about as iconic as you can get, but, uh, I know you do a variety of things, um, but how would you best describe your films to someone listening that has no idea uh, who Hat City Pictures or Angel Rosa is? And So how could you kind of summarize it?
4: Well, we're a micro-budget filmmaking company basically means that we're broke <laughs> <laughs> so i mean if in a nutshell we have to make do with what we got as far as funds are concerned there's a lot of volunteering um uh in in this uh production company and uh but lately we've been doing uh shorts for you know limited bu- budgets but you know still limited budgets right. and uh my whole thing if 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 There is a style that I could describe that I have as just a concise, compact, and um, visceral, as visceral as possible under the circumstances. And I have to say, though, that having limited budgets for these films has sort of fine-tuned my uh, director artistic sensibilities because I know that I can't mess around. I have to get to the True. point, and I have to be efficient. So uh, I go. F- I think the central theme is just basically uh, unease. You know, I, I like to uh, get into the head of the viewer and make them feel uncomfortable uh, as much as possible. And uh, and H.P. Lovecraft used to describe his uh, stories as weird dark and weird, and I think that best summarizes the themes of of my shorts.
1: Yeah, I would agree, because I know as a a writer myself, you know, I always hate just hearing the term horror writer, because I don't feel what I do really is true horror, but it's kind of hard to summarize uh, when you're somewhere in the middle of a million different things, and so I was curious what you thought of that, because I know... You know, like you probably, when you would hear somebody say you're a horror film, because I think when most people think of horror films, they think of Jason and Freddy and stuff like that. Which, you know, there's a there's obviously a market for that, but it's not what I like when it comes to, you know, watching film and, and write, reading or writing. So I didn't know what you thought about that.
4: I agree with you 100%. I, I, I sort of cringe when I'm uh, described as a horror maker a right. horror filmmaker uh, because it, it it feels like it puts me into this bubble, you know what I mean like oh uh, yeah. with, with a certain confine uh, from a t- storytelling perspective, I like to just tell stories, they happen to be somewhat dark and grim, like I said, but uh, uh it's the a psychological approach to storytelling more than um the blood and guts right. Not that there's anything wrong with that that's there's a absolute market for that but uh it's just not my style i like to manipulate my my viewers a little bit more and have fun with them so i totally get where you're coming from
1: yeah totally that's cool um i was looking on your website or your facebook page uh, one of the two and i saw really cool like uh behind the scenes talking to the different people involved with one of your projects that you did in downtown Danbury. And I thought that was really cool because you guys were talking about how the city kind of embraced you guys doing stuff there. And, of course, I've been away from Danbury for a long time. It was cool to see it here recently, and it's changed an awful lot. But are you guys still doing stuff, like, in Danbury as much as possible?
4: Oh yeah, I, I consider myself a Danbury-centric filmmaker. Uh, all of the stories are written on or near, you know, uh, based on the Danbury, and uh, so I'm very much in that vein. Sort of like the M. Night Shy- uh, Shyamalan, the, the the quote-unquote horror right. uh, fantasy director, and a lot of his stuff was uh, Pennsylvania-centric. Um, in that same vein, I, I consider myself, uh, you know true hat city uh filmmaker and uh this is the town that i was born and grew up in so most of my stories in in my universes uh, revolve around uh danbury
1: that's cool and for people that don't know um you know hat city danbury hatting capital the world i remember just about everybody and school field trips wound up taking that tour of the factory where they made the hats and the mad hatters and all of that stuff so if you guys don't know what the significance of hat city is that's that's what that is Did i miss anything there Angel?
4: no no no. it's a matter of fact the the term mad mad as a hatter comes from um uh, an illness that the the people who worked in the hatting industry used to sometimes suffer from. It. I think it had to do with the mercury. It
1: was the mercury and the felt. They dipped their hands in the mercury and they got the shakes from it. Yeah. That's, right, right, right. Uh, yeah. Cause in my line of work outside of this world, um, that's kind of what I'm involved with. So that's kind of a funny coincidence. Um, your, uh, your film, uh, your short film, Samuel's got a sweet tooth has gotten quite a few awards. I've been checking that out. Um, it was even shown in Stuttgart, Germany at the Flash Film Festival. Lots going on with that. You want to elaborate?
4: Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's another product of, uh, again, having a limited budget um, and having to be concise and efficient with, with our storytelling process. Um, it's an eerie little tale that uh, revolves around a little boy who has a penchant for the late night. Bowl of ice cream, uh, oh. much to the dismay of his mother, um, <laughs> who sort of, you know, she's got a brain problem, and she she tells the story of how little Samuel would sneak down the hallway and into the kitchen and carefully pull out the fridge door. And I describe all these things that are basically the bumps in the night uh, right. that would seem otherwise benign, but, uh, you know, depending on what perspective... You're hearing those bumps. Um, these little actions that he takes—he grabs the bowl, he, you know—he grabs silverware. He opens the silverware drawer, which, you know, is sticky. So, it, as he pulls it out, it causes the silverware to quiver. So, again, I and mean, all these things are benign. But from a certain perspective, and you—you know—I hate to be sort of ambiguous here, but when you see it, you see the film. You understand how those those sounds, those benign sounds and movements, can become haunting.
1: That's really cool. That's very cool. That's really awesome that that's uh, getting some attention. And I really loved uh, your short film, Laundromat. That was awesome. Uh, very suspenseful. And I know that, uh, you know, suspense, we've already kind of touched on it a bit, but I mean, uh, and you were just talking about it now with those benign sounds and and their significance uh, in context. But what is it about suspense and uh, terror and things that you can achieve, like you said, with very limited budgets, um, by doing what?
4: Um, I don't know. I think the specter of the unknown, you know, since I think that's one of the primal uh, fears that we, we've we had for millennia, actually, you know, our ancestors existing in caves and, and surrounded, you know, surrounding a fire. And there's the darkness just beyond the reach of the light and i think the horror comes from imagining what could be in that darkness what might be lurking and ready to pounce at any minute um and it's the uh, that, that whole thing that i try to exploit as much as possible suspense to me is is not necessarily being in your face right and again this is why and i don't mean that this horror filmmakers who you know who sort of like uh uh, explore the gore, uh, you know, a little bit too much sometimes, or however right. the case, cause again, there's a market for that. But I, I think the less, less is better in some cases when it comes to horror, it keep people wondering, you know, what, what is it? What's, what's going to happen next? What, what, what danger lurks in that darkness? And, and from a psychological perspective as well as a physical perspective, um, th- those tools have worked best for me. Um, as a, as a storyteller. That's and cool. I think, yeah, like when laundromat, you know what you, what you, just referenced, uh, I end that sort of open-ended and I get people coming up to me saying, <laughs> well, what happens? Right. With character X?" And, you know, and I, I usually tell them you figure it out.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That was, that was fantastic. I think that was the first thing I watched of yours. And I was blown away. There's that one and then the trailer I think for Contrive. That one was really messed up the way that ends. That was like wow. Yeah. Really cool stuff, man. Very impressive.
4: I appreciate it. Thanks, man.
1: No problem. Um what uh, I know that obviously you're a writer too and so you write I think all your own scripts, uh right? Well recently
4: I shot a short film called Two Sneakers in a Bucket which is a, a sort of a a, a, a uh, well I won't say dramedy because it ended up that there wasn't all that much comedy in the drama it was pretty <laughs> dark as well uh, but that was more of a human story about um old age and compassion and it uh actually s- covers a bit uh the the topic of um uh, assisted suicide so oh wow uh, yeah i didn't write that a, a writer named uh, george barnett wrote that and it's a pretty good script uh and i knew that it had great potential and uh i think we made a pretty powerful a potent uh short film of that and i'm looking forward to wrapping up editing on that but other than that uh though i i, I do typically write my own screenplays
1: That's cool. That's cool. I dabbled in that a little bit, but it's such a different art. It's definitely a far cry. That's why I'm impressed that you can do both, you know, short story writing and stuff too, because that's a, that's very different. Um, you know, I kind of equate it somewhat to writing music, um, in that you're telling a story from a different, you know, vantage. And of course in screenwriting, you know, you don't have the you know the inner thoughts, and you, know, you have to be able to show it in different ways. And I definitely had an appreciation of it doing it. So hats off, pun intended, uh, that you can, <laughs> that you could do that. Um, Thanks, Ben. And uh, what are some new things that you're uh, you're working on? You just talked about uh, wrapping that one up, but anything else? I know you probably got multiple things going down.
4: Well, you mentioned the the trailer for Contrived. Contrived is a feature film that I have planned. It's an anthology horror uh, film that's going to consist of what I'm referring to as modules. Basically, they're sequences. Sort of like Creepshow had, you know, how Creepshow had different stories that it told. Right. And it had a central sort of like binding story that tied them all together. Right. That's exactly what we're hoping to accomplish with uh, Contrived. Oh, cool. So the... The next module or sequence that we uh, plan on shooting is is a short called Sugar. And that is something that we're aiming for for the end of the summer, possibly early fall.
3: Oh, uh,
1: very cool. Yeah. And that kind of leads me to my next question was I'm going to be out there in August. And I didn't know if maybe, you know, you might be able to get me and Alex, my granddaughter, Alex, in a some sort of cameo here somewhere. Of course, that would depend on a lot of things, but our services will be made available if that were needed.
4: Oh, so. yeah, yeah. You come to set, I'm going to put you to work, though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be, like, carrying stuff and, you know, run this, run that. Yeah, I'm sure you would. You'd work me to death, but that'd be all right. I make
4: you a PA, which is, you know, yeah. a, a PA is a, a, a film equivalent of a, of a roadie. So.
1: <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that would be my oh, comeuppance.
4: Yeah, I would definitely love. I, I'm looking forward to seeing you, man. And it, you know, come by the set of, if we're shooting. Then, by all means, of I would course, love to have you of course be a part of this.
1: No, that'd be amazing. So, yeah, we'll keep in touch as we get closer. Um, how can our listeners get a hold of you, see what you've done? Um, what's the best way people can connect with you guys?
4: Well, um, via our website, www dot hat city dot com okay. is the best way there there's a contact uh, uh you know button there so if you click on that we have a mailing address that's listed as well as uh an email um box where you can send us messages and reach out to me that way i'm also on facebook at hat city pictures llc on on facebook
1: right and we've linked um some video samples i just posted on our facebook page for murder metal mayhem so people out there listening uh, we'll keep putting some stuff up um, in conjunction with this episode airing so you guys can see more of what we're talking about and what angel's been doing and uh, angel again i really appreciate you taking some time out i know you're a busy guy and uh, i look forward to seeing you again in person my friend
4: Dude, the pleasure is all mine anytime, man. And uh, much success, continued success with uh, the podcast.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks, Angel. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'll be in touch, bud. All right. Later. See ya. Yeah, that was a trip down memory lane for sure to do that with Angel. I'm sure it was, yeah. Yeah. Great, great <laughs> dude. But uh, we've been, you know, using the Mayhem segment for kind of a catch all. And, and some right. people um, have been. Uh, used to some good storytelling. We've been telling some good ones. Yeah,
2: some Michael's got some big Mo- or Crazy Mike's got some. Big Mike has. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everybody's
1: times. been telling some good ones, and uh, we had Crazy Mike up here in the beginning telling some couch fucker and all that it was great. Oh, God damn it! And a special treat, uh, Crazy Mike will be in the studio with us next show. So yes, he will, and I can't wait a, for that. That's a must listen for sure. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. And we'll get him telling some stories and we'll some get him.
2: Fuck up this shit from Mike. <laughs> exactly.
1: Cause yeah, crazy Mike's got lots of stuff uh, to talk about. So we'll get him in here. But uh, you said you had a good uh, story you wanted to share. So. Yeah,
2: it's pretty crazy. All right. So like, I'm not, obviously I ain't going to use anybody's real motherfucking names here. No, no. So, except for my own. <laughs> All right. So like, Probably like, uh, was it between nine? I don't know. I used to work over the road a lot. I stayed in hotels like all the fucking time. Me and some other guys. Well, this dude, we'll call him Hank. Okay. I worked with him a lot. And this other dude, we'll call him Chris as well. So two Chris's. Well, we always did some fucking crazy shit in the hotel rooms. Well, one time Chris's cousin came stayed in the hotel with us he's all he's from out of the army and everything and he uh did some time in like thailand not jail time but he spent some time in thailand or whatever just like oh fuck so anyway dude's a little nuts in the head for real so chris's cousin staying with us at the hotel and hank fucking passes out one night right Cause we're all fucking drunk. We had been out to the titty bar fucking all over the place, fucking <laughs> doing dumb shit. Right. We're still, we're in the hotel room and we did. I'm surprised we didn't get the cops called on us in the hotel rooms as much as stupid shit as we did. So uh, <laughs> Hank passes out one night and he's in his, in the bed in one of the beds and he's passed out and he's on his stomach. So uh, Chris decides he's going to take these fucking jalapeno stuffed olives and he's going to go over while fucking Hank's fucking passed out. And shoving one in his ass, dude. Oh no!
3: Yeah, fucking,
2: dude. <laughs> dude it was God. it was like what the fuck just happened, man. So fucking he fucking oh. shoves it in his ass. Hank wakes the fuck up, like what the fuck, motherfucker! Like asshole on fire, fucking oh. dickhead. Fuck you! So that fucking whole night turns into a fiasco like that. Everybody ends up passing out, whatever. So the next <laughs> night, Chris passes out. Oh no! So. Hank decides, and I'm gonna, I'm implicating myself in this shit too, because this happened. <laughs> Fucking uh, so, Chris decides, I got a good idea. We're gonna gonzo this motherfucker. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, what the He's fuck like, I'm that? gonna drop my balls in his eye sockets and lay my dick across his fucking nose.
0: Oh god. So I was
2: like, oh dude, we totally need to do that. And it's like, I got an idea. Get a oh, sharpie, I'll draw eyeballs on your balls for you, dude. So he fucking pulled his balls out, and I'm serious. I seriously drew eyeballs on each one of his fucking testicles, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> dude. <laughs> dude, I fucking it was so fucking hilarious. I drew <laughs> eyeballs on his testicles. He's dude's like passed out in the recliner. <laughs> head all back and everything he comes straddles <laughs> the dude's motherfucking head takes his balls drops him in the ice socket lays his dick over his nose looked like motherfucking gonzo oh dude my fucking God, dude's dude. like kind of stirring, never woke up we got pictures of it and everything oh, was dude still dude picked. still doesn't know to this day because <laughs> oh, wow. dude that's dude was fucking one. nuts if he had fucking found out he'd oh, probably fucking so. killed somebody oh probably. Dude, dude had PTSD really bad from the military and shit. Oh, but dude, fuck. yeah, dude, I, I drew eyeballs on somebody's balls one time.
1: Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I can't say I've done that. That's, that's oh,
2: definitely. It was, dude. It was fucking funny <laughs> as fuck, though, man. Oh, and then after that, because of the hot, the ha, ha the jalapeno olive in the ass. After he pulled his fucking dick and eyes off his face, he fucking put like some kind of fucking blazing ass hot sauce all over his lips while he was sleeping, uh,
3: and that's what woke
2: him up. Oh, <laughs> Damn! Yeah, that
1: shit was fucking. Remind nuts. me never to fall asleep anywhere near you. Fuck yeah! <laughs> that's crazy, dude. Well, I've got a good one. Uh, definitely going back a ways um, to a buddy of mine. Um, we uh, he he came and picked me up one night, and he's like, "Hey, uh, you want to go eat?" You know, and I'm like, "Dude, I got no money." You know, right? And he's like, "Oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about I it. I Got like, you, boy." Well, what do you mean? Don't worry about it, dude. Like I got like three bucks. You know, that's all I got. He's like, I'm telling you, don't fucking worry about it. I'm like, well, you're broke, too. So, I mean, like, don't yeah, tell me we're f- going to do some, like, dine and, and ditch dash, or some yeah. shit. Like, I don't need that fucking drama, you know. He's like, no, I'm telling you, don't fucking worry about it. Just let's go. So we drive, or he drives, and we go to Red Lobster, which anybody Jesus that knows Christ, me. You're, wait,
2: You're broke as fuck, and you're going to Red Lobster? Exactly,
1: exactly. I should have known. So anybody that knows me knows that's my favorite place. I mean, if I have you know, somebody asked me, where do you want to go birthday or something? I'm always going to say red lobster. That's just me. So he liked it too. So we went to red lobster and I'm sitting there and I'm like, dude, I mean, seriously, I got three fucking dollars. I'm not fucking bullshitting you. And he's like, if I have to fucking tell you one more fucking time, don't (laughs) fucking worry about it. He goes, order two of everything that you want. Oh, my fucking God. I'm like, dude, no way. He's like, I'm telling you, order whatever the fuck you want to eat
2: and order two of it. This can't be going anywhere good.
1: And he starts ordering fucking mixed drinks, shots. I mean, it was nuts, dude. We were fucked up, okay, (laughs) at Red Lobster in the middle of like a real busy night, like right? In right. the
2: middle of the room, families there and everything. Oh yeah, <laughs>
1: everybody, and we're just hammered. And there's so much food, it was like, like Henry the Eighth fucking stuff. Right? Like I had to go puke. Genghis go, Khan go. and shit. Yeah, just crazy. All right. So I'm all fucking like slippery from the fucking <laughs> from butter. The <laughs> <laughs> I'm like making a fucking pig of myself, right? And the whole time I'm like. Man, this shit just I don't know, man. I'm, like, what's he got I'm, up his sleeve, I can't you know? Run. Yeah, there no way I'm too slippery. I'd fall down in the butter. <laughs> so. so anyway, we're like getting close to like dessert and we order like two desserts a piece, okay? Fuck, dude. And we're sitting there waiting for the desserts and uh right before they start, you know, taking some of the last plates away. He reaches into his pocket and he pulls something out. I'm like, what are you doing? And he goes, he looks at me, he goes, okay, I'm going to do something really fucked up. <laughs> he goes, just don't laugh and just go with it. You ready? I'm like, what are you for what? what are you going to fucking and do? He fucking took out of his, uh, he put something in his, he pulled something out of this, looked like a baggie or something. Right. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Because, I mean, if you knew this dude, like, he's really whacked, okay? So this had to be something really over the top for him to be that dramatic about it. (laughs) Like... Yeah. So anyway, he fucking puts... Takes something out of this baggie and puts it, like, in his food. Like, he, like, sprinkles it, like, on the plate.
3: And I'm like, what is he doing?
1: He fucking jumps up. And his voice was, like, as loud as I am. So he's like.
3: What the fuck?
1: He's like screaming <laughs> at the top of his fucking lungs, <laughs> and everybody in the room, like, completely fucking like, like a regular <laughs> fucking talking, yeah, totally. And he's like what the fuck is going on with this place? He pulls it fucking out of his mouth. He goes, I just found a fucking black and curly on my fucking plate. (laughs) Fucking waiter comes over with all the desserts and shit. He's like, what's going on? You know, manager comes running out of the fucking back. What, sir? What is good? I'm fucking, this is a bunch of bullshit. You know how much fucking money we spend in this fucking place, you know? Like, I haven't been there in years, okay? You know how much fucking money I spend in this fucking place, he says? He says, this is a fucking outrage. What the hell are they doing back there? I got fucking
3: pubic hairs in my
1: food. And the manager's, like, losing his fucking mind because he's screaming. I mean, he's still screaming. Uh, right, right. And even I'm just, like, mesmerized. <laughs> like at the, Yeah, there ain't no
2: lab is a, like, in all Academy life Award.
1: <laughs> should have been on fucking, like, Schindler's List or some shit, dude. Oh, uh, uh, fuck. Absolutely fucking killing it with this performance. And the manager's like, you guys need to come back here. You're know, like, we need to shh. You know, he's trying to calm him down, but John... Oops. Uh, <laughs> Patrick <laughs> is... uh is uh, just still screaming okay so we get in the back and I'm like he's calling the cops I mean I'm going to jail Um, he realizes that this is completely fucking ridiculous you know right and Patrick's looking at me he's like I told you don't fucking I told you don't fucking worry about it I got this this shit dude like this was your fucking plan (laughs) I'm telling you don't fucking worry about it so then all of a sudden the manager comes back in the room I'm like oh my god here we go you know And he pulls out of his fucking pocket uh, two gift cards. He says, Gentlemen, first of all, tonight, just don't worry about it. We got it. I'm very sorry that this happened. So I'm just going to take care of your check. He goes, And we appreciate your business here, and you guys come here a lot. He says, uh, Here's two gift cards, 50 bucks each. Come back and eat dinner on us. Wait, what the fuck? Dude. I'm just like uh, 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 I couldn't even say anything. And and Patrick took the gift cards and gr- like kind of grabbed me cuz he could tell I was like losing my shit. Right, right. And we walked out of there and as we're walking out the whole time I'm waiting to hear, "Stop. You know, get down on the ground, you know, some kind of shit like that." And we get in his car and he fucking starts it and he looks at me. I'm like <laughs> That was the fucking plan? <laughs> like, you thought today you wanted to go to fucking Red Lobster, and you came up with this. And he goes, <laughs> a yeah, pretty much. It fucking words. Yeah. He goes, it fucking worked, didn't it? Shut the fuck up. You ready?
2: <laughs> and plus we get a free meal yeah, again. Yeah, we went back the next night. Yeah, dude. We were hungry, man. Oh, my God. That's so fucking good, Oh, dude. it was brutal, oh, dude. Th- I can't believe that shit. You yeah. did pay for your meal, and you got $100 worth exactly. of free gift cards, dude. The black Jesus and curly Christ, story. The black that's... and curly
1: are- it's a good one. Woo! <laughs> yeah, so d- don't try that, kids. But no. it worked once in like 1985. Six. Yeah,
2: don't try that again. It ain't yeah. going to work this time. It ain't going to work
1: uh, at all. So. That shit's
2: fucking hilarious. Yeah, though,
1: dude. so I thought you guys would enjoy God that. Damn.
2: Fucking Jungle Rot. dude. Fucking jungle Rot, Wisconsin baby. Yeah, I love. Just heard that you got shit. some bad news about Jungle yeah,
1: Rot. Yeah, Jimmy, the bass player from Jungle Rot, a buddy of mine, uh supposed to be doing an interview with us. So we've been talking about that. Just haven't been able to hook up. They went on a tour I think up in Canada. Anyway, Jimmy was uh, jumped by like four or five dudes, man. That's fucking cowardly up, dude. shit. Uh, I don't know any of the circumstances. He just had a picture of himself in the hospital bed with, like, black eyes. Broken leg and and shit. And they broke his leg, or his leg got broke in the altercation. Right. Uh, Jimmy's a pretty big dude, though, so I'm hoping he fucks some shit up in the process. Right, uh, made
2: sure they felt it. Yeah. Yeah, when you got four on one, though, you're a bunch of fucking pussies. It's
1: bullshit. So, Jimmy, uh, if you're listening, brother, hope you get better quick, because, man, we love some jungle rot.
2: Um also a- and they got a new album coming out too in uh, next month i think, I think it is they too. do
1: yeah I, I he had posted something about that yeah. so yeah they got they got to, and they did that reissue we talked about it a few episodes ago so yeah some good stuff coming from Jungle Rot um huge fuck yes to Pete man uh Saratovich for Doing the sign Fuck for yeah, us, Pete. man. That was so badass, man. Use that the plasma cutter. cut that
2: shit freehand with the plasma cutter. That's... That ain't computer and shit. Right. Freehanded that yeah. shit. Came yeah. to design, painted it himself. Fuck yeah, yeah Pete. He's Love the
1: you, bro. Yeah, we put it up here in the uh, in the Murder Metal Mayhem uh, headquarters slash studio. It looks awesome up on the wall. We Fuck posted yeah. a picture on Facebook just a bit ago. But, yeah, Pete, you're the shit, dude, and an incredibly talented fucking guy.
2: Metal work for days. He's done other things for me. Dude, he does all kinds of shit with fucking metal work. He's good as fuck. Yeah, he's
1: amazing. So that's awesome, uh, Pete, that you did that for us. Um, Also, thanks, of course, to Chris Kovacs for doing his segment and uh, Angel Rosa for doing the uh, interview with us. Uh, definitely appreciate it. So go to hatcitypictures.com Check his shit out. Yeah. Check him out and go to Facebook and, uh, do hat city pictures and you'll find them that way too. Uh, thanks to the listeners. Lots of new places we're seeing spring up and the stats that we check out on the website, uh, or the, where we upload the shows to Omaha, Nebraska showing up in the top 10, St. Paul, Minnesota, so yeah we're kind of spreading the love man it's, it's, it's good stuff so that's great um still on top though danbury Dan and it is Barry, really funny we keep <laughs> mentioning danbury here and i am here in central illinois from there but uh between chris Kovacs, hey Chris,
2: you must be spreading that shit around apparently huh, <laughs> man
1: uh, angel rosa living in danbury and so it's just the weird danbury connection here uh, but they're in first place, Chicago second and then Bloomington followed by normal Illinois after those. Right. So so really cool to see it like I said spread around. We're getting some good
2: comments uh, Chris you wanna Well yeah we got uh, Joe Sykes commented uh, I dig that you guys do serial killers. People don't know much about that. Hell yeah. I fucking appreciate that you like that. like there's some people that do know about it, but we do it our own take and yeah our way is different.
1: Yeah, definitely. But thank
2: you for your comment. You're a fucking badass, dude. Hell yeah. And uh, Randy Pike emailed, said, uh, can you guys talk about the British heavy metal invasion? So, yeah, that that's might be definitely a cool something topic. we could do.
1: Yeah, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest. I oh, mean, yeah. There's a lot of cool shit we could talk about like that. So, that's a great suggestion. Um, Big Dog 89 emailed. Big dog, Yeah, and said, do you guys do live events? I'd like to hear a live show. Yeah. Um, we're going to be doing some remotes, and we're going to be basically recording stuff and then playing it later.
2: Um, but as far as a live broadcast, that might be a while in the making. Yeah, I
1: mean, thing. I could see it becoming that because I don't think it would be that big of a deal to do. But it's something we've never done, right. so so a good suggestion, big dog. And we'll see if we can, you know, get to yeah. that status. Hope to here. please you exactly. And Patricia asked. When will you guys get in some shirts and other merchandise? And so
2: that is definitely in the works.
1: Yeah, we are waiting patiently for artist uh Jeff Gaither to finish the logo. And he's and talking about doing a
2: live inking of the logo on YouTube. On YouTube, yeah, he's gonna get the rough done and do the inking and the yeah. color, everything live on YouTube. Yeah, so. so that'd
1: be really neat. So we'll post that on the Facebook page if you guys follow us there. Uh, check it out, and we'll put that up. Um, but once that's done, Patricia, we are going to go balls out. Yeah, um, we're getting
2: shirts, stickers. Yeah,
1: shirts, hats, stickers. Uh, we got somebody that's going to work on a website for us. We're going to do an app. We're going to do all kinds of stuff, but we really need the logo we were, first. Yeah,
2: we pretty much just been waiting for an actual yeah. logo to be done. Right. Jeff's going to be a boss about it and yeah, a badass It's going to be
1: wicked as hell. So we're really anxious to see it done and show it to you guys. So. Uh, we'll let you know about that, and uh, looking forward to uh, doing Zodiac yes, in sir. the next episode that should be Wicked.
2: Yeah, and yeah. then uh, the bumper music we had tonight was uh, we had Blessed With Pain, right. Jungle Rot, and King's X. Yeah. And so, like, check those guys out. Jungle exactly. Rot, fucking, dude, I remember seeing Jungle Rot when I was, like, fucking 17 here oh. in Bloomington at the Lafayette Club. Oh, nice. Dude, it was so fucking awesome. Oh, man. yeah,
1: those guys are great. So, yeah.
2: So we love metal, and
1: we appreciate you guys, so we'll see Fuck you yes. next, see you time, next week.
3: You should know, you should know that uh, Chris Cross is not having anything today. As we stand there totally crossed out, we commence to make you. Joe, Joe. The Mac Dad will make you. Joe, Joe. The Mac will make you. Joe, Joe. Chris Rock will make you. Joe, Joe. try to prepare us to another man.
1: every week on the podcast
0: murder metal mayhem Mother mother man